0: Yo, 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 Thought Warriors, watch and listen to Higher Learning where we dissect the biggest topics in black entertainment, politics, and sports. Twice a week, we react to the most important and timely conversations, often inviting guests to offer unique perspectives. Listen to Higher Learning free only on Spotify. This episode of The Town is brought to you by FX's The Bear, starring Jeremy Allen White, Ayo Adebri, and Eben moss Backrat. Season 2 follows as the crew work to transform their grimy sandwich joint into a next-level spot. It turns out the only thing harder than running a restaurant is opening a new one. Television Academy members can watch all episodes at fxnetworks.com FYC. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with $25,000 Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, it is Wednesday, June 8th, and we are gonna talk about sports media today, specifically the NBA and the finals. Celtics versus Steph Curry and the Warriors. Huge hit, right? Craig, you're a Warriors fan. You assume everyone is watching this finals, right? They better be. Everyone in your fan group, your friends are all watching. Yes. But turns out the ratings have not been what everybody expected them to be. And I wondered why. So we wanted to bring in an expert on sports ratings, John Orand from Sports Business Journal. He's going to go through all the ratings issues with Sports right now. And we're going to talk, we get into some other stuff about ESPN, the future there, what the rights deals are and when they're coming up, and how all this is going to transfer over to streaming, which eventually we're all going to be watching this stuff on our phones or on our streaming service. So let's get into it with John. I'm Matt Bellini, and this is The Town. All right, we are here with John Arand from Sports Business Journal. We're going to talk a little bit about the NBA Finals. So, Going into this, I made a prediction that these finals would be up. I figured Steph Curry versus an iconic franchise, East-West, two top 10 media markets, got to be bigger. So we get the results for the first two games. Game two, 11.91 million viewers, the lowest since 2007. Game one, similarly down. Game two was a blowout, but game one was not. Like, what is going on here?
1: Well, game one was a blowout, remember? And then there was a massive comeback. So, did, sure. Did sure. people turn
0: off before the comeback? Or uh, it, 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 maybe, who knows? But still, you got to think that this is a matchup that people would tune into. Like, do people hate the Celtics that much? They don't even want to watch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, guess yeah. Smart has such an unlikable game, I suppose, uh, that, that's out there. One thing that you didn't mention too is that the viewership through the playoffs. Has been really good. It was at pre-pandemic levels. So, like, I, you would think, given that uh, I, I always use my mom as a guide. My mom has heard of uh, of Steph Curry. You know, that he's somebody right. that sort of crosses over. That he's an established star. Clay Thompson, less so. Draymond Green. You know, those, those are sort of like if you're an NBA fan, you know, they, they're a, they're a dynasty that that's playing against, like you said, a, a Boston franchise. Everybody that I talked to, including myself, expected. the numbers you know to be around 2018 uh 2019 levels but they're down as as low as any other regularly scheduled uh um nba finals that that there's been and people are scratching their head at that i there's no real good reason for why that is
0: so let's speculate i know that's why we're on the pod matt yeah exactly i mean i i i don't have a good guess i mean other you know there's lots going on in the world like The you know, the the fact that the Celtics don't have any big stars really that crossover, you know, it's like it's just this weird thing. You know, maybe it's people love watching on TNT because they've got that great commentator bench and the ESPN ABC people are not as good. I I have no idea. But the, the finals are always on ABC. So who knows?
1: Yeah, but when you tuned into the finals, you're used to hearing Mike Breen. There, there, There's a voice. He's the voice of the NBA. You're used to hearing Jeff Van Gundy. Game one, you had Mark Jones and Mark Jackson. It sort of sounded like a January regular season game. Did that have an effect in terms of people uh, sticking with it? I don't think so either. I, I don't I, think
0: so. I don't think people tune in or not, not tune in for the commentators. Because of the announcers.
1: It? But I'm, I'm talking less in the about- NBA. I'm talking less about the announcers and more about the big game feel. Game one lacked a certain big game feel that you would have had with, you know, uh, Breen's voice and Van Gundy uh, uh, being part of it. But uh, I mean, this is why I'm so confused. If you look across the landscape of sports right now, uh, I I mean, I, I have a column in this week's Sports Business Journal that already looks too old because I was talking about this is a halcyon days for sports media everything is up. The NBA finals were up, uh, excuse me, the NBA uh, playoffs were up right up into the finals. NHL playoffs are doing great. You know, the masters numbers were good. The NCAA tournament numbers uh, were really good. Everything is up in sports and, and uh, it's why this all of a sudden sort of plateaued is uh, it it really is a, a curious. I do suspect though, Matt, that, um, uh, look I cover media so and I, and I don't gamble but this is going to go six games or seven games and 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 as as it goes deeper sure you're gonna, you're going to see people like uh dial into some of the off-court stories and some of the storylines I think
0: yeah I mean that's ultimately what these networks are hoping for is a long series that you know the, the worst nightmare is the four and out yeah exactly and
1: so and and the uh the uh, game 6 is where abc uh, and disney will start to make their money in terms of ad sales. So they need it, a
0: drama. They need like someone to run out on the court and, you know, slap Steph Curry in the face or something <laughs> that, that that gets people that are not nba fans to pay attention because that's the big drama. You know, one thing we should say and this could be a factor here is that every year there are fewer and fewer people subscribed to the Multi-channel cable bundle. So you know they're they're going uphill every year to get that audience. Whereas you know ESPN and ABC had a certain level of subscribers five years ago. That's come down, and it may it's just come down be considerably. Yeah, that and they're starting to show.
1: And if you talk to the the NBA, that they'll they'll talk about that. Even though this has been on broadcast television, so that True. That, that hasn't necessarily j- changed a whole lot. But they also talk about a, a metric that. Uh, I I hear from the NBA a lot is people using television and people using television uh, this, this June compared to June of 2019 or June of 2018 is down considerably as well. So those are, those are reasons that the uh, NBA is sort of putting out there as the, for, for us to take a look at. But, you but know.
0: didn't Nielsen recently change to account for out-of-home viewing? Yeah, and, and and that should be that – that is included. And Yeah, I that's like to, bars, restaurants. Like that sh- was supposed to help sports.
1: And it does help sports. I've talked to several people who put it at that. They, they try to keep guard this closely because they don't want ad sales to know. But it's goose the ratings by like high single digits. And, uh, and in, the, in the young demos that they sell ads against, it's low double digits that, that, that it's increased ratings. So. Yeah,
0: because young people don't have cable. They go to their local bar if they want to watch a game that they care about. Do they not tell advertisers because it's worth less to reach someone who is drinking in a bar with their friends? Well, or you're not actually listening to the
1: ad, are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, uh,
0: that's true. Yeah, I guess that would be worth less. Um, yeah, so where, you know, where does this go? Because the NBA TV rights are up in 2024. The suspicion is that they will get a significant increase from what they currently get for ESPN and Turner. I know it's a priority for both companies to re-up those rights uh, do you think that if these ratings keep going down, that they'll be able to command an increase like they, they want?
1: Oh, uh, totally. I, th- I think the the NBA is fine. I, I, I do. I look it's my stock and trade is sort of writing on on ratings. So, I, mm-hmm. but I, I do think that we make too much of them. Uh, if you want the glass half full, ABC won the night. Buy a lot for Game One and Game Two, and that's what they pay for the demos that the uh, that the NBA brings in, in, in terms of people watching them. They're young, they're male, they're people that aren't necessarily watching TV a whole lot, and they're people that that advertisers really want to get at. Uh, and, and number three, I, I've just I've talked to several different uh, people at several different media companies, and they're already circling the NBA. I mean, they, they're uh, the ESPN. And Turner desperately want to keep the NBA. Uh, it's very important to both those uh, networks. You have you, you have Apple and Amazon, where you know if they're if you're going to make a really big purchase in in uh, in sports media, the NBA is is what you want to get. It's it's the sort of. Best last big thing that's coming up over the next like five six years, and I was mean, so right.
0: We've seen the streaming services get pretty aggressive in some of these rights. I mean, Amazon is taking over NFL uh, a, a Thursday night this fall. We've seen Apple do a deal for MLB games Friday nights. Peacock has Sunday mornings. How, how are those doing, by the way? Yeah, well, the uh, the funny thing about that, Matt, is is that so far Amazon and Apple have gotten
1: into sports, but they've uh, they, they've c- taken packages. Th- that every single linear TV network has said no to. None of the linear TV networks wanted Thursday night football at the at, price. At the that media price, media. yeah. Uh, the the midweek baseball games, uh, ESPN could have paid like a, a nickel and gotten those, and they 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 just didn't want those. Um, it's been a big frustration of mine, actually. Uh, we haven't been able to find out at all what the viewership is on Peacock or on A- Apple TV plus. Well, welcome for- to
0: streaming. We don't know what the viewership of stranger things is. I mean, we know what they tell us, but that is not an independent auditor that goes in. They're giving us some minutes watched metric and, you know, nonsense like that. I'm curious. I don't, I don't think and MLB is moving the needle for those two streaming services. I just, if I had to guess,
1: uh, I, I would be surprised if, if it was bringing in <laughs> big audiences uh i I, the thing that nfl
0: on amazon that will bring in an audience and interestingly we're going to get to know who's watching right
1: yep well it's going to be on over the air in the home team markets and they're selling advertising uh, as normal so all of the networks are going to be able to be able to see what the uh, viewership is on amazon i'm I'm told so that's going to be really the first big sports streaming number that we're going to be able to take a look at and say like wow this is something that's that's working
0: that'll be fascinating i'm sure that annoys the shit out of them that they have to reveal that because it's going to be less it is it, you know unless i am completely wrong it's going to be less than what they got on fox and nfl network
1: well i mean so your world you know amazon and, and apple they rule all like they, they they and they control it with an iron fist so they don't let any information out in the tv world the, you know, the the network, uh, excuse me, the leagues rule it all. If the NFL tells ESPN to jump, they're going to ask how high. And so, and so you're, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know how this is working out yet, but so far it looks like the NFL has more leverage over Amazon in terms of, you know, what to make public and what to release and how to release it.
0: That's fascinating. You know, and uh, hovering over all of this is who will own ESPN. At that point, because there's chatter that Disney may be interested in spinning it off. And I don't think this is the thinking right now that it's actually going to happen right now, but it is much more likely to happen now than at any time in ESPN's modern history.
1: You know, Matt, I was so excited to come on this podcast. I I, 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 like what you do with puck is great. Like you're you're in the middle of everything. Uh, You have sources, deep sources inside Disney. Uh, You've been reporting on this chatter about ESPN potentially being spun off for what? Two years now, I think. Mm -hmm. Why, Why is it any louder now?
0: I just think that they are absolutely focused on figuring out what the streaming strategy is. And ESPN is so expensive. And it was once the cash cow that floated the entire company. I mean, there were times where the movie studio was in the crapper. Everything else was misfiring. And yet ESPN just kept throwing off these profits every single quarter. Now it's so expensive because the rights deals have been run up so much and the numbers are coming down. So at some point, ESPN will be underwater And when does that make sense to give this network to somebody else, make a bunch of money on it, and focus on the core Disney proposition, which is building a streaming service? Now, I tend to disagree with that. I think that sports will ultimately be a big part of the streaming ecosystem, and they have the premier brand in sports. They leverage it for many different ways, as we see with the annoying Buzz Lightyear promos during (laughs) SportsCenter and during NBA. They get a lot of value out of that, uh, having ESPN. But at some point, they will have to make a decision as to whether Disney is the best steward for this company, and we'll see what they do. So I've always my suspicion has always been that
1: uh, whenever Apple or Amazon are really going to get serious about sports, it's not about coming in and picking off NBA sports rights. It's about going in and buying an ESPN or buy, or buying a Fox Sports. Uh, who do you see as potential buyers? that are out there for ESPN and ESPN Plus?
0: That's a great question because it's going to be super expensive to whoever buys it. So that eliminates most potential buyers. Um, you know, and there's always a scenario where they spin it off into a separate public company or they bring in a, an investor to spin it off and take it public or something like that. But assuming someone wants to acquire it, uh, you know, you got to look at Apple. You got to look at Amazon. You got to look at Google YouTube. You got to look at these companies that are trying to make a name for themselves in streaming video. And if you assume that at some point these, you know, at that Amazon and Apple will be fully integrated global streaming services that are trying to attract, attract an audience at massive scale, what does that better than sports? Mm-hmm. You know, and Apple loves premium brands. They want the best of the best. So why not bring in the best of the best for sports for you know what is what would likely be a pittance compared to their valuation? So what
1: I find interesting is you know right now the NFL is in your market trying to sell its, its media assets or are a part of its media assets, not the whole thing, which might make it more attractive, but just sort of a non-controlling uh, a part of it. And they're finding it more difficult than they expected to get people interested in buying these, what's basically now old media, you know, NFL network or, you know, what would be the attraction of Apple or Amazon to buy a declining cable, a couple of declining cable channels and a, and a broadcast network? Talk about old media. That's almost like AM radio now, right?
0: Yeah, I think I agree with you, and that's always been the holdup for some of these legacy media companies. Where you know Netflix was looking at Paramount Global, for instance, which has the Paramount Movie Studio, but it also has a bunch of cable networks like MTV and VH1 that are either not going to be around in ten years or are going to be significantly diminished. So they had to make a choice. They chose not to go after it. the The Apple question is interesting because I think you know there's a lot of buzz that Apple is going after Sunday Ticket and that a deal may already be done for Sunday Ticket. Perhaps they could work out a deal where that includes some kind of investment, and then Apple helps the NFL figure out how to transition NFL Network over to streaming. I mean, the NFL has this, what is it, NFL Plus service that they're developing um, that they think could be a, a, a launch point for whatever the NFL's streaming future will be. Uh, maybe Apple helps them develop that or hosts it on Apple TV Plus, something like that. I I don't know. I'm speculating here. I don't know. I don't have any inside information on what the Apple thinking is on this. I only know what sources have told me on the TV side and some of these other bidders that are going after it. Uh, But they've got to figure out where you and I are going to be watching football in 20 years. And it's probably not going to be on a legacy linear television network
1: i don't know The uh, uh, i it's, pro- it's probably not going to be on a leg- legacy linear pay television network but we're, we're gonna more than 10 years from now we're going to be watching the nfl on broadcast television all these big leagues are still like they're, they're still making you think broadcast. in 20
0: years i think in 10 years maybe but at some point it will all be digitally delivered right uh, probably I, 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 the 20 years is a long time are I you know. and i going to be reporting this in 20 I, years I, I, I don't know uh yeah
1: yeah well yeah. nobody's I mean, going to remember what i say now in 20 years i'm going to say not a chance matt i know, <laughs> I know.
0: producer craig is going to be telling his kids like back in my day i had to watch <laughs> five different cable networks it didn't all come through my phone via amazon
1: we had this a hole from Sports Business Journal say. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. No, I know. I, I mean, everyone's trying to figure out what that is, and the NFL has always taken the position that the largest possible audience is what they are. Interested. You know, but it's not
1: just the NFL. I, I I like the NHL deal that they just did. Every single playoff game is going to be on a linear network until the end of this decade.
0: Turner, it's the Turner networks, right? Uh, Turner and ESPN, and
1: uh, and and uh, ABC of uh, of course has the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. Um you know, the SEC and, uh, you know, the Big Ten are, are, are the Big Ten is right now doing its deal. It's all predicated on, on linear networks, too. So there certainly is this move to streaming. But I, I think the, the the way that the um, leagues and the conferences are viewing streaming is almost still more of a test. Like, it, right, it's, it's,
0: I get that. Yeah, but I do believe, I mean, the NFL rights are locked up now for what, 10 years?
1: Yeah, until like 20, it was an 11 year deal. Yeah,
0: $110 billion. Yeah, I think that is the last of the pure linear deals for these companies. I think that after that it's going to either be, you know, they split them up amongst these buyers where some are streaming exclusives or and some are linear or exclusively linear for excuse me exclusively streaming for some of these packages.
1: You know what your uh, the test is going to be to yeah. see that it's going to come actually later this month or, or next month with the big 10 because the uh, Amazon is in there with a really big bid right now. Uh, CBS wants it. NBC wants it. ESPN wants it. And we'll we'll see like the big 10 sort of has to make a decision if it wants to sort of go to streaming and and get a smaller audience uh, at first or stick with legacy. So there's going to be a test to that coming up pretty soon.
0: That's fascinating. Um, All right. Thank you very much. That is uh, John Arand. He is the, what is your title?
1: I'm a, I'm just a reporter. I'm a lowly reporter at SBJ.
0: <laughs> lowly. You're great. No, I read you all the time. Uh, he is at Sports Business Journal. Read him there. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks, Matt. All right, we are back with the call sheet. My daily prediction. I'm here with producer Craig. Craig, you ever watch a show called Live PD? No. Is that like Cops? It was like Cops. It was sort of like a live version of cops where you would watch and they would bounce around to different police departments as they went after suspects and arrested people. And there were commentators, Dan Abrams, the legal analyst for ABC news was the host. There were and commentators like play by play. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I, it was a, it was a little bit of like after the fact, like explaining what happened, but yes. So this was among the most popular shows on cable a few years ago. It was getting like 2 million viewers a night. It was like dominating. And then 2020 happens and all of the George Floyd protests and the movement against police brutality and some of the policing reform movements that have come along. And lo and behold, Live PD is immediately canceled. I didn't even know about the show.
1: Is that weird? I, I I need to ask my friends. I've only I ever mean, heard. Of you, cops. Were you a
0: cops viewer? <laughs> no, probably not. It was a certain type of viewer, and it did very well on cable. Is it only
1: filmed via like the police officers' body cams, or are there like cameramen around?
0: They have cameramen as well. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were there was it was a whole production. But the reason why we're talking about it is because it is back. This morning, it was announced that it is not called Live PD anymore it is called on patrol live and it is moving from the A&E channel to the reels channel which is a smaller cable outfit that is not owned by a big television conglomerate AE is partly owned by the walt disney company which obviously is not does not like controversy uh-huh <laughs> um, and the reels channel is family owned <clears throat> it's owned by the hubbard family they uh, they've done some controversial shows in the past And this is moving over to Reels starting, um, I don't know, I don't think they've set a date, but tentatively called On Patrol Live. And my prediction is that this is going to be a huge hit for Reels. I'm sure it will. Absolutely will follow it. It's got a dedicated fan base and, you know, they have to find the Reels channel. So it's not going to be the same number of viewers because a is in like 70 million homes and the Reels Channel is in like 40 million or less. So it's not going to be the same ratings, but my prediction is this will be the biggest hit in the history of the Reels Channel. <laughs> Are they showing the guys like, like back at the station, hanging out? Are there like talking head interviews? I don't know what the new show is going to be, but the the old show, it was very much focused on like catching people. So okay. it was like, let's, let's head out to, you know, Worcester, Massachusetts, where we've got a pursuit and process in progress. Wow. And then they would go there and like the police departments had to participate. And, you know, they, they say they're going to make some changes and they're going to have more commentators. And, you know, there's a way to do this. And I know that A&E was sort of sitting on this show. They knew there would be a time to bring it back. And it's interesting. The press release went out this morning because, you know, we saw in the election last night, there were some results like the district attorney in San Francisco was recalled and there were some hits to the progressive policing movement. And it's been perceived, at least, that there's been some, not backlash, but some movement away from um, some of the anti-police brutality things that we saw in 2020. So it's interesting that today the press release comes out saying, oh, and by the way, this show that got canceled in the George Floyd protest is now coming back. Mm. So, interesting. It, it, it's interesting. You know, we're, we're moving to this world where there are certain shows that can't exist on certain platforms that are owned by certain companies. Like we saw with cops, cops was canceled by the Paramount network the same time around the George Floyd protest picked up by Fox nation, which is owned by the Murdoch family. And like, they're like, Oh yeah, we'll take the, we'll take the police show. So it's, it's like there's this dichotomy forming where there are certain outlets that appeal to certain people and have certain content, and then there are others that won't touch it. It's like radioactive. Right. Well, good luck to Reels. Yes, good luck to Reels. We'll see what happens there. All right, that is the show today. I want to thank John Arand from Sports Business Journal. I want to thank producer Craig Horlbeck, and I want to thank you. We'll see you tomorrow. This episode
1: is brought to you by State Farm.